Hello, and welcome to the Rather Good Chat Podcast. This is episode six, and it is about folklore. I'm Joel. And I'm Dave. Hooray! Hello, Dave. How are you to David? Uh, I'm good. Yeah, I'm brilliant. I'm amazing. I am transcendent. Oh, in what way are you transcendent? Uh, I've transcended the, um, uh, the, the bounds of human morality. Ah, oh, that's very good. Mm. Yeah, I'm effervescent. Yes. Personally, effervescent. Oh, lovely. Effervescent, yes. Sparkly and bubbly. Yeah, I think I got carried away with the spray cream. Mm. You know, when you just nick it from the fridge and squirt it directly into your mouth, and your mouth fills up, but you keep squirting, and it just gradually kind of gets down through your internal cavities and starts right. to leak through the pores of your skin. You know, kind mm. of taking lipids from your subcutaneous layers and making little tiny bubbles. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at today, which is um, positive. It's a good thing. That sounds, it sounds glorious. Yeah. It is, yeah. It's really good. Yeah, it gives me a kind of slightly refractive sheen. Okay, yeah. Does it work as a, as a weight loss uh, regime? Well, Injecting it does. all the lipids from your, from your body? Yeah. Yeah, interestingly, I mean, not immediately because they end up, as the bubbles burst, they end up smeared in a kind of greasy layer across me. But, you know, once I've mm. kind of scraped myself down with a strigil, then, um, then, I'm, then I'm okay. Yeah. With a, with, a stri- with a strigil? A strigil, yeah. What's a strigil? Well, a strigil, again, I'm going to say this as if it's a definite fact without checking. Um, mm-hmm. If I remember my classics correctly from last millennium, um, the strigils, the scraper the Romans used to use. The Romans were much better at cleaning themselves than we are. Uh, instead of bathing or showering, what they would do is they'd rub themselves down with oil and then they'd get uh. a scraper called a strigil and they would scrape off the kind of oily, dead skin, dirty scum. Huh. Um, yeah, which is what I'm doing, except instead of using external oils, I'm using my own internal lipids. Internal, yeah, well, that's very good, isn't it? Yeah. Didn't the yeah. Romans used to cut their hair by singeing it was that a thing uh i mean i i don't know i'm not gonna google it obviously i don't Um, i'm not aware it smells bad when you do that so it's not the obvious way to do it it always struck me that would be a really unpleasant way to cut your hair wouldn't it yeah i mean i always said do you remember in the 70s when we all had bowl cuts um (laughs) my my bowl cut was my mum would put a dessert bowl over my head you know imagine me with shoulder length hair to I, I put don't... a bowl over my head and then yeah. light light an aerosol on fire like a you know a deodorant <laughs> just, and just flame throw my hair yeah. off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why your face is so ruined, isn't it? Uh, it's one of the many reasons. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what what happened one day is um, she used a plastic bowl instead of the oh no the porcelain one. Oh, that's a classic seventies yeah. haircut mistake, isn't it? They ended up doing. So, Public information films about that, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, you Actually, were in them, I, you? I was. Can, can I give you a gen, genuine public information film? Like, um, amazingly, is out there in the um, the kind of archives. Uh-huh. Um, I think it might be American, actually, but I think we used to do it too. Is um, they had to in the sixties, fifties, do a campaign of public information films to stop people from washing their laundry in bowls of petrol inside the house because people were just <laughs> exploding and incinerating themselves and in their and their houses. Right. 
Can you imagine that people but, are I mean, used to do that? How else? How else would you get that lovely, overwhelming, <laughs> petrolly smell to all your clothes? <laughs> it's the only way, isn't it? Yeah. Well, the thing is, it's this, this is why you have to go to a dry cleaner now for stuff that you can't water wash. There was a period right. before people stopped being so completely insane when um, stuff that you couldn't water wash, you could use petrol as a great solvent, right? And you could just oh, get a okay. bowl of nice, cheap 1950s petrol, shove your, shove your dirty clothes in, stomp them around, it would dissolve all the dirt out of them and then hang them up. And the petrol actually evaporates away. It's very... Um, you know, evaporates very quickly, and then you've got nice clean clothes. But now, obviously, you have to go to a dry cleaner. So, okay, I I'm, I guess that you do know this. It's it's a mystery to me. I I realised a while ago. I've I've sent clothes to the dry cleaners uh, a few times in my life, mm-hmm. and yep. it occurred to me recently. I have literally no idea what happens in the dry cleaners, like how how it works. I bet you know. I bet you do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. You, there's a counter, right? And then the kind of yeah, hidden room yeah. behind. They go through the door and inside there, yeah. there's just a bunch of people with washing up bowls full of petrol and a petrol pump. <laughs> right. And they're just kind of uh, sloshing, the, <gasps> sloshing the food. Do you know why? They're all smoking. Playfully splashing the petrol around. Yeah, like in, um, yeah. in what's I've forgotten the name of the film now, the model. Oh, one. Um, uh, Zoolander. Zoolander. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot like that. Do you know, I've always wondered why dry cleaners are always on the back of petrol stations, but that makes sense now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. But genuinely, they did have to have public information films about that. You would have thought it was obvious. Because oh. brilliantly, of course, it's not liquid petrol that's the problem, it's the vapor, right? Mm, um, yes, there's yeah, probably yeah, no yeah. better way of filling in an enclosed space with explosive petrol vapor than sloshing around a bowl of it in your kitchen. Yeah, so so like which um, is a, which I, is a room with a with a burner in it, obviously as well. Anyway, there you go. Of course, yeah, so like the 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 like movie trope of of flicking a, a a cigarette into a puddle of petrol and then it causing a huge explosion. That apparently isn't really true, is it? No, you need a naked flame. Yeah. 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 In fact, there's a lot of things are less flammable than you think. Diesel is less flammable, you'd think. And air, jet fuel, which you'd think is the most flammable of all, if you drop mm. a, a match in it, just put the match out. It's a, it's a really thick yeah, oil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's the, it's the concentration of fumes. Fumes. Yeah. So, there's so more... This still bothers me to this day, right? You know, mm. petrol stations still have a, a rule where you can't use your mobile phone on the forecourt. They do, yes. They do, and it's always like struck me as insane. Like, well, what what are you expecting to happen? Like, like cars can drive in here, right? Surely a car <laughs> has more chance of causing a spark than my phone does. Like, mm. I've got one of these newfangled phones that doesn't shoot out a constant stream of sparks from the end. You know, <laughs> I think we're good. I think we're safe. You know, yeah. interestingly, still, the was... rule exists. It's yeah. it's odd. Yeah. Interesting. I was I was recently on. Um... On a like uh, a kind of cabin crew safety thing for aeroplanes, where I got to muck about with um, some kind of you know aeroplane cabin smoke chamber and fire stuff, and um, mm-hmm. they were saying that actually there are you, quite you often you don't want to be in the in the smoke chamber in the airplane, do you? <laughs> no, no. When you, when you buy <laughs> when you buy your ticket, <laughs> yeah. There's business class, economy class, the smoke chamber, smoke chamber, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
They brought that in because they banned smoking in the seats or the toilets, yes. didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, no, apparently personal electronic devices, PEDs, uh, quite mm. regularly caused um, fires on board aircraft. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll do As stuff in, like, like drop down the back of a seat and then when someone adjusts the seat, it'll squeeze it enough to burst the lithium oh, battery. The battery. Yeah. yeah. Stuff like that happens, yeah. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Do you know why we have to put, turn our, our phones to airplane mode on an aeroplane? Yeah, it's because, you know, I, yeah, it, so there's, it's a two-part answer. Part one is that it interferes with the navs and, nav and comms equipment, navigation and communications equipment. Uh, and part two of the answer is actually they don't really anymore. So at some point, mm. that's probably going to stop being a requirement. But um, yeah. And um, I was also going to say, do you remember you were with me once on a flight to America to go to Rofflecom, which was one of mm. the greatest things anyone's, anyone's ever done. And yeah. there was a kind of a small fire on board that, wasn't there? Remember? It was. You're right. Yeah, yeah. filled up yeah. with smoke, and it turned into it turned out to be an electrical fire caused by the entertainment system in one of the seats. Yeah, yeah, that's the longest flight I've ever taken. I think that one, and uh, to have a, a fire on board was a, a particular thrill. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, having now done a cabin safety taster, uh, that you know the way the crew are trained, I can. Confirm that that was a much bigger deal than they let on to us at the time. Because <laughs> huh. everybody was very much like, oh, it's fine, don't worry. <laughs> uh, and it's not fine to have a fire on board your pressurised tube travelling at nearly no, the speed of sound. It's not. 10 miles up in the sky over the ocean. Yeah. Mm, a thousand miles from any shore. Yeah. But uh, everyone was very nice about it, weren't they? So that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I was just <laughs> excited. So, I mean, Rufflecon is interesting, isn't it? Like, people might not know what that is. In fact, they Nobody will know what won't. that is, no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there might be one uh, so, or two listeners who know, but that'd be about it. So this is, this is the most, like, when did we do it? Like 2010, 12, Some, around then? Yeah, it must have been something like that. Yeah. yeah. So it's the most, like, 2010-ish thing that could have happened, right? It was amazing, Before, wasn't it? Was, it was a, it's, it's a massive convention. It took place in, in Boston. Um, big celebration of the internet right it was just internet people this is before um like influencers and before the social media um web what, what number web are we up to now seven i don't know web, point seven. web seven point um, six five i think i think yeah. that's it oh no i'm still i'm still on on point point four i have not graded yet seven point six four yeah 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 oh you're a loser Peter, then. that's the one i'm yeah. on um yeah it was it was so odd so it was um in the kind of the height of internet meme culture, right? But before everything got centralized into uh, the social media platforms. Yes. So there were still just random. Yeah, it was still an internet stuff. rather than just a bunch of different apps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we went along because of rather good. Uh, and like it was things like um, I met I met the uh, the Tron man. <laughs> that was a that was a high. Some of these I, references I, are getting quite old now, aren't they? There's like a generation very gap old. There. It's like Does if you anyone took, remember the the Tron Man because even even at the time it was a, it was like the previous ten years of internet, right? So mm, mm. Uh, it kind of covered that decade. So some of this stuff is quite old now, but um, this is like t- 
turn of the millennium almost Tron guy, wasn't he? The early 2000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I, w- I would say, like, I, when trying to sum it up, I think so if you took the the essence of the internet and kind of somehow just kind of crystallized it into some kind of physical reality, it would be Rothelcon. Because there were all these people and things from that era of the internet and they were all just there, weren't they? And yeah, it was yeah. it was completely non-commercial. It was organized by MIT, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. So it was theoretically academic study of internet culture. And um it was actually largely on Harvard's campus, wasn't it? Bizarrely. Mm, it was, and, yeah. Yeah. And uh it was just amazing. Like it was amazing, wasn't it? So we were there, um, because we were rather good, but we 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 hung out with um uh, Jason Steele of uh, of um, Film Charlie Cow, the Unicorn, Charlie the Unicorn, and yeah. llamas with hats. Yeah, it was it was it was ace. I loved it. It was amazing. We like I um, got to know the keyboard cat guy. Keyboard cat was oh, absolutely yeah, huge, yeah. wasn't he? And um, like everybody was there. The animutations guy, Neil Sissiorega. I'm never quite sure if I'm pronouncing his name right. Mm. Who was like huge like in like 2000 2001 and just done like a bunch of other stuff since but this was at the very dawn of flash animation he was kind of one of the original people who was there um yeah yeah it's it just and everyone was there like yeah it was amazing and there was um the uh the kid with the really kind of i can't remember what his name was now his meme name but the kind of triumphant kid, an angry cat or grumpy cat was there. Yeah. Oh, you mean you mean the kid on the beach with his fist clenched? Yeah, the fist the fist clenched. Yeah, kid. his yeah. Was it was it his mum or his dad? I can't remember. Um, gave a talk that I was yeah. at where explained that he wasn't actually angry. He just had a fistful of sand and was trying to eat the fistful <laughs> of sand. <laughs> but a, a grumpy cat just looks grumpy all the time. Yes, I mean that's yeah, it's just how yeah. how he looks. Yeah. Oh gosh, the the double rainbow guy was there. Oh, the double he? rainbow guy. He's died now. Has he really? Yeah, he died. Oh, I liked him lots. He was so he was good, wasn't he? He was amazing. He was yeah. my favorite thing about his his little talk he did was um he came out and I don't know if anyone remembers double rainbow uh, as a meme. It was what uh, does a it YouTube mean? Video. What does it mean? Yeah, it was yeah. it was someone filming a, a double rainbow and being just amazed by it. Um, yeah, in in a delightful way. Uh, yeah, like a really uplifting, wholesome, delightful way. Yeah, uh, and he came on stage, and I was like, "I bet you don't. I bet I don't look anything like you expected me to look." And he was he called was a, Bear, isn't he? <laughs> he was called Bear. Yeah, he was a big dude with did he have dreadlocks? I think and and like a uh, uh, like this huge like trench coat and like army surplus stuff and and uh, like brightly coloured yoga pants and yeah, like, he was a stoner, no, you look, right? You he look was like an, you a look exactly stoner. like I expected you to look. <laughs> And it, we were walking down the street to the conference from the hotel, weren't we? And there was us and Charlie the Unicorn guy and Tron guy in his Tron guy outfit. And yeah. Double Rainbow guy was kind of filming on his phone going, oh, my God, this is so... I'm not going to try and do his accent going, oh, my God, this is so amazing. He's Californian. Imagine that in a Californian stoner accent. Uh, and it was just like, wow, internet is here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Jonty was there too, wasn't he? Yeah, Jonty Weebles stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, who, I mean, I don't know what's he best known for these days. I think 
the badgers. Well, I mean, everyone, yeah, the badgers. Are everyone still, still remembers yeah. Badger, 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 right? Badger, Badger, yeah. Badger, Badger guy. Yeah, he's a. So he's we an old we we uh, we met at the airport, and uh, uh, I'd never met him before, but I turned up with a a bag with a like a ZX Spectrum bag, <laughs> and he was wearing a. Commodore 64 t-shirt. <laughs> a, a tense, a tense standoff. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, they were good days, weren't they? And then we all they hung were. out with um, Jason and uh, and his partner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And oh, and his cousin, who's also awesome. Um, these guys all appear in the film cow stuff. His cousin appears in the film cow stuff. Uh, yeah, no, great. It was amazing. There's loads of other people there as well. Basically, everyone and everything from mid 2000s internet was there. It was incredible. But we're talking about folklore right now, right? We are, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We do you are. know any folklore? Yes. Yeah, I do. What's I some folklore, it. Dave? Yeah. What's the best? What's your favorite folklore? My favorite folklore is probably. Well, I'm a big fan of the um, the the brutal like uh, Brothers Grimm style of of folklore, right? Um, my favorite thing about them is is that they're sort of cautionary tales, but we and we use them um, to to teach children how to behave. Hang but on, can I? There's can been... I... Sorry, go on. Mm. Uh, go on. No, sorry. Actually, no, no. Do you know what? I am going to ask a question. Okay. Um, can we... so I've realised that you and I have a different idea of what we're supposed to be talking about today. So can oh, I, I get see. straight what folklore actually is? Because I thought we were talking about kind of folk wisdomy things, but are we not? Are we talking about kind oh, of no, old... I was, I, was, I was definitely thinking myths and legends mm, and, and right. the, the oral history storytelling um, tradition. So fairy tales um, uh, are, in, are in that category. Right. Yeah, okay. I would have thought so. Great. Okay. Right. No. So, what were you thinking? Like, um, putting chestnuts around your house to deter spiders, kind of thing. Is that a thing? Did you just make that oh, up, or is that real? Con- I think. I think it's conkers. It is real. Yeah. 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 I've, I mean, I've, conkers um, are a chestnut, right? They're a horse chestnut. They are indeed. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Apparently, it's a it's a way of deterring spiders. It doesn't. I don't think it is. I don't think it works. But, but how uh, how yeah. how do they think that works? Well, I think the idea is they they emit some kind of chemical screeching, scent, some kind of scent. awful yes. screeching yeah. sound, some kind of constant, just just out of the uh, level of of um, of sound that we can hear. Yeah, the spiders, the spiders is awful. Yeah, so spiders yeah. are much smaller than us, so you're essentially pitching down to hear what spiders are hearing. So, to us, a conker just doesn't really make any discernible noise at all. But if you no. were to record one and then pitch it down enough, and it's yeah. quite a lot, it would sound like yeah. this. <laughs> or is it more like spiders? Uh, uh, stupid uh, legs. Uh, idiots. Idiot. Uh. Uh, hate spiders. Presumably they're called conkers because their defining characteristic is that they conk. They go conk when you hit them, yeah. <laughs> it's quite good, isn't it? You conk something. Mm. Do you ever conk anything? Mm, I've never heard conk. Well, how does one conk something? Is conking to to whack, or is is it something else? I think I think to conk something, it's to whack it in such a way that it makes a noise like conk, like that. That you could conk a, a good bowl. If you conked a bowl, it would go conk in quite a pleasing way. But you couldn't you couldn't conk a brick. Could you, could you conk it with something other than a conk? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, don't see why but not. Anything that you can. 
do that with is a conker. Yeah, like a wooden spoon on quite a thick earthenware bowl would, would make a conch noise, wouldn't it? I've just thought of something. So mm. if you do that to your enemies with a conker, then if you do it successfully, that makes you a conqueror. Yes. Which is probably where conqueror and its usage as victor comes from. I think you're probably right, yeah. 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 So anyway, I know what to do about spiders now. We just put a load of conkers out. Is that right? Oh, I know what it is. You get a conker on a string yeah. and whack a spider with it, conk it, then yeah. do that enough times so the spiders are going to learn to stay away, aren't they? I suppose they are, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And then you put, the, you put them out. It'll be, like, it'll be like surrounding your village with the severed heads of your enemy. It's like, come in here and you're going to get conked, right. you little eight-legged blighters. Yeah, I think that's probably it. That's yeah. almost certainly yeah. it. Okay. All right, folklore number one solved. So before we go on to talking about the uh, myths and oral traditions uh, yeah. uh, definition of folklore, yeah. do you have any more folkloric um, things in a similar vein? Like, Am I right? And thinking you, you expect it to be more about the sort of conquest for spiders kind of. Well, yeah, that and kind of, you know, strange creatures that live on the, on the coasts or in the woods or, you know, like if you, I don't know. Like, like, cra- like crabs. Yeah, I mean, no one believes in crabs, so that's probably not a great <laughs> example. But the kind of thing people used to believe in, you know. Well, I, I, okay, so crabs, I know they exist, I just don't believe in them. <laughs> they disappoint you, down, you at every turn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually, no, I should say for any crabophiles out there, like, actually, we are huge fans of the crab, right? Oh, yeah, the crab is one of the, the best um, forms of, of life, isn't it? It is. And we will advocate for crabs at all opportunities. Like, that was just a joke. <laughs> Please don't hurt us. No, crab we lords. definitely do believe crabs, and we believe in crabs. Crabs are great. Yes, we we totally believe in their impenetrable alien uh, minds and the decisions they might take that we might not understand, but are certainly for our betterment. Yeah, and and the carrion eating as well. We oh, that's great! That. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really good. More people should be more on board with carrion eating. Really, well, crabs eat just about anything, don't they? Do you know what my favourite Ealing comedy films of, um, you know, like the... Uh, <laughs> you know where this is going, don't you? <laughs> yes, I do, yes. Yeah. Go on, though. Well, no, it's the Carrion films, right? You know, Carrion Up right, the Kyber, right. Carrion Doctor, you know, all, all those. I wouldn't describe the Carrion films as Ealing comedies. Sorry, I, I've, 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 um, I've mislabeled them, haven't I? But... Mm. Uh, I was in my haste to make a carrion pun. I just blurted out whatever yeah. words were in my head. But they remain, regardless of whether they were reading comedies or not, they remain some of the funniest films ever made, basically revolving around eating rotting corpses. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember like Sid James eating a rotting corpse in Carrion on the Bottom of the Sea? That was great. Yeah, that one where <laughs> that one where they had like a a year old rotting walrus carcass and he was just mm. gnawing on it kind of going Sir James yeah, and yeah, Kenneth Williams Kenneth Williams at the other side going ooh matron and ooh. Then, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it was amazing. And Babs mm. Windsor kind of in her bikini with a head stuck in the carcass of a of a rammed of a right into it. Elephant yeah. seal. Yeah. yeah. Carrying away at the decomposing blubber. They were hilarious, those movies. Yeah. They were, they yeah. were great, yeah. All exactly the same, of course, right? It was just always a rushing carcass on a beach. Well they they'd they'd set it in a different place each time, right? That's right. Different you beach. Know. A different windswept <laughs> British beach. <laughs> yeah. Was it always the same species of carrion that they were feasting on? Oh no, no, there was a huge amount of um uh, the variation. variation there. Yeah. yeah. Carrion Humboldt squid was my favourite. The um, the Humboldt squid is the nasty one, isn't it? It's the one that will eat you. Is that right? It's, it's the meat along one. Yeah. yeah, like there are yeah. there are people who go fishing for them in small boats, aren't they? And if you fall in, they're going to get you. I don't know exactly who Humboldt was, but he's got a load of stuff named after him, doesn't he? Yeah, there's, but there's I, a Humboldt squid. There's yeah. Humboldt penguins. There's like yeah. a Humboldt uh, current, I think, in the Atlantic. Uh, I'm sure there's a Humboldt island. Just one like, little current floating around in the Atlantic. Well, it's actually he It's bad. It's, oh, it's right. badly named. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It'd swell up, and it would, just, would it turn back into a grape after a while? <laughs> you rehydrate it. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's like, how that's how raisins and currants and sultanas came about. Is it was to make transportation easier for larger fruits. Right. Okay. You shrink them down. You get you get millions in the hold of a ship, and then when you got to the continent you're going to, you just dump them back sink in the, the ship. Yeah. Well, you just like poke a hole in the bottom of the ship and it would sink yeah. down and then all the ah. lovely fruit would bob to the surface. And you'd just yeah, that's perfect. Up. And then people would just kind of dive in with their mouths open and their hands behind their back. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Swim around like basking sharks with their mouths yes. open. Yeah. Which is how people yeah. eat, in my experience. <laughs> it's, how, it's how you eat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's how human people like us eat. <laughs> yeah hey, we were talking about folklore at some point weren't we oh yeah this is the folklore episode yeah so I was saying the thing I, I like most about the sort of Brothers Grimm style of, of children's story yes is we have it's a very recent idea that children's stories should impart some kind of subtle moral message right mm, now you look yeah. back at all the all the all the 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 kind of classic folkloric um, children's stories and the message they impart, it's often quite hard to find the moral. You have to kind of dig deep into it to find the moral. But the moral yeah. genuinely is stay out of the woods, right? Right. That's basically They're safety it. stories, right? Do what you're told, stay out of the woods. Don't have a That's stepmother. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, that's fair enough, aren't they? They're from a different time when going into the woods... Now, was, nowadays, was children's stories right? are all about you know, um, be true to yourself and you know, uh, be a loyal friend and and these kind of messages. But hippy dippy yeah, nonsense, day, like be nice to people, yeah, be a good person. Back in the day, they are yeah. they are do what you're told, otherwise you will die horribly, like really horribly. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You get eaten or boiled or yeah. And whatever you do, do not go into the woods. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah. some of the endings. There's um. Is it is it Cinderella that ends with um, the stepmother being? There's one that ends with the the baddie being the evil witch woman or the evil stepmother being put having red hot iron shoes put on her feet, and then everybody laughs while she dances. 
<laughs> Which has got edited yeah, think, out as the years have gone yeah. by. Well, they all have, yeah. What was that? I can't remember what that was in. Yeah. So uh, I think, like, um, Cinderella, there's lots of different versions of Cinderella, aren't there? Uh, involving different types of shoes. Like, oh, like right. We, there's one settled... with kind of, you know, like kitten heels and another one with slingbacks and one <laughs> well, yes, with stilettos. But worse, worse oh, right. right. Yeah. I think some of them are quite brutal, like like our feet are ruined and mangled by... Oh. Um, these awful magic Actually, yeah, shoes. Yeah, they still, they still like when I was a kid. The uh, the the ugly sisters cut toes off their feet to get the shoes on. Mm, right. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I think they they don't really use that bit anymore, do they? They don't. No. So the um the, the kind of myth that um or the the kind of uh story that's always bothered me is the uh um the boy who cried wolf. Right. Yeah. Right. So you know the story. There's a there's a boy who's a shepherd, and he's guarding the sheep. He gets lonely, yeah. So in order to liven up his boring lonely life, he shouts wolf, and all the villagers come running, and he's happy. But there's yeah. no wolf, so they go, don't 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 shout wolf. There's not a wolf. Okay. Yeah. This is like your one job. Just don't don't do yeah. that. Yeah. So they go away, and he gets bored and lonely again. So he shouts wolf, and they come up. Dude, really, don't do this. And then they go away, and he gets bored and lonely again, and says wolf, and they come up, and they're like, come on, right now, this is it. This is it. We don't, we don't like this. Stop it. And then they all go away, and he cries wolf again. And all the villagers go, "Well, we're not going because he just says wolf all the time, idiot." Mm-hmm. And then a wolf eats all the all the sheep, right? Mm-hmm. And the moral of that is supposed to be, as I understand it, don't tell lies, right? Right? Yeah. But that's not the moral, is it? The moral is don't don't ignore your safety system because it's giving occasional false positives. It's like it's like if your smoke alarm goes off in the kitchen. Because the battery's low and it beeps occasionally. And you just, like, take the battery out. And then when your kitchen burns down, you've got no one to blame but yourself. It's not, it's not the, the shepherd's fault. It's, your, it's, it's the villagers' fault. They're idiots. What they've done, basically, is they've decided our wolf detection system is not working properly. So our solution is to just ignore it. Like, well, that's... It's all on you. Everything that happens after that is on you. So your, right? so your improved version of that would have them meeting out some kind of punishment on the boy the first time, making it clear that he'll be seriously punished if he breaks the system again to improve the veracity of the system. Is that right? Well, not necessarily. Right? There's lots of solutions. Number one is to accept the false positives are just part of the, the malfunctioning system. Well, no, that but, doesn't work, does it? Because you've got a, it, a kid who's lying ignoring, at the centre of the story, right? You do, right? But but Yeah. If if the ultimate goal is to prevent the sheep from being eaten by a wolf, right? Option one is to just accept the fact that you might have to all run out to the fields occasionally because he's he's gone off. His, his Hang on, can I? Sorry, can I? Just, gone can I, off. Can I Num- number two okay, no, is just yeah. just to have a different wolf detection system, by which I mean a different boy. Just, uh, just like, right, he's, okay. not, he's not good at this job. He shouldn't yeah. be doing it. Let's get someone else. So the version of that story that I remember, and bearing in mind my memory is shot to pieces anyway so you know who knows if i'm right or not but the way i remember that story is that the wolf eats the boy the wolf eats him well is that right yeah um which is a much clearer line between false positives and your own demise right um right. I, I don't remember it as being it eats the sheep i remember it as being he is he is torn to pieces and devoured by a wolf. okay right 
Yeah. But presumably the sheep then have no defence whatsoever against wolves. Well, I presume so the, the sheep the, just the join point. in with the feast, right? The carrion feast. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. Famously carnivorous sheep. Yeah. I mean, the same thing happened to me when I keep kept shouting squid. And eventually people disregarded my warnings about the squid. Not because they weren't well, there, wasn't... but because by the time they got there, I'd already eaten the squid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you were in like a seafood restaurant at the time, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's, it's really, it's not just, like, it's basically everything they bring out. And I warn everybody <laughs> that it's there. And then I fight it and eat it and, uh, and yeah. save them. I, I do that I, in any restaurant. It's not just seafood. I do it basically in any situation mm. where there's food. Yeah. Yeah. That could pose a threat. The boy who cried tagliatelle. And then ate the tagliatelle. Yeah. Before, before it could harm anyone. Yes, yeah. I mean, tagliatelle is one of the more dangerous pastas, right? Because you could be throttled by uh, an accidental noose in the tagliatelle. <laughs> it would it would take some freak uh, collection of incidences to, to for your tagliatelle to turn into a a noose large enough to hang a man. But it, and you think it about could it, happen. yeah. I think pasta. I don't think I know. Pasta was designed with combat in mind, right? Because you've got a mix of offensive pastas like spaghetti and tagliatelle, which you would use to, you know, tie, whip or strangle an opponent. Yeah. And defensive um, defensive pastas such as, um, I can't remember the Italian name for it, but the little shells, conchigli or something? Conchigli, yeah. 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 The shell ones anyway, which you put on your head and use as a helmet. You'd have to have quite a small head. Or, yeah, so you calling my head? Small? I was thinking more like 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 lasagna pasta sheets would make good shields. Yeah, they. I mean, they do. They do. Hmm. They're not very structurally um, sound, but they're good enough if your opponent is using pasta as their main weapon. <laughs> yes, everyone has agreed to the, the yeah. rules of warfare being pasta based. Which during so would you if you had to use a pasta sheet as a shield, would you have it raw and crispy? And very brittle, yeah. Or would you have it cooked and much less brittle, but a lot floppier? I would parboil a little bit on the back to use as a handle, and then right. keep the rest of it hard. Yeah, yeah, that'd work, wouldn't it? Um, but that's all the weaponry that was used in, um, you know, the the unification of Italy. Mm. Um, all of the battles around then i mean you can just look at the paintings uh which were taken at the time everybody's wearing armor made of pasta and holding large spaghetti spears and things yeah most of the art at the time was made by gluing macaroni to bits of card wasn't it that's all the art at the time isn't it famously yeah, that's the yeah. only medium that um michelangelo could ever work with <laughs> the sistine chapel is basically a uh entirely Pasta, isn't it? Yes, it's all it's all bits of macaroni glued Not, on with PVA I glue. I don't even mean like the um the the frieze on it, the 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 painting. I I mean the entire ceiling. The whole yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. It's true. Structurally, it's pasta. That's why they had to build it somewhere where it never rains, because yeah, if it ever rains in Rome, then um, that will just, it'll just collapse. collapse. It'll just go soggy immediately. It'll yeah. and. The Italians, the famously voracious pasta-hungry Italians, will mm. descend on it like wolves upon a shepherd boy. 
That's and, right. Um, that's right. Yeah. That's why that's why we we have a pope, isn't it? Because the pope's main job is to constantly defy God to prevent the rains from falling on Italy. Is that how you prevent rain falling by defying God? Yeah, you have to. You have to like shake your fist at him every <laughs> every couple of hours and right. say no, God, no. <laughs> otherwise, so that, otherwise it'll rain. Is that what happens in all the deserts? <laughs> they all have their own pope. And that's how they maintain the deserts. Yeah, yeah. The Saharan Pope, the Gobi Pope. Um, the Gobi Pope is a good. There's a good. Gobi um, Pope is good. Gobi Pope. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't know that's how deserts work. The Antarctic Pope, because that's technically a desert, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's technically deserts at sea, but we all know that's a load of nonsense, don't we? Because they're made yeah. of water. Like yeah, literally, they're literally made of water. Yeah, full of squids and crabs. Yeah. Crabs riding squids, squids riding crabs. Every variation on that you can think of, like squids <laughs> holding crabs riding on the squ- end of their tentacles to use as either well, weaponry you or You haven't considered squids tools. riding squids and crabs riding crabs. That's true. Or squids riding crabs riding squids riding squids. Oh, like a, like, um, uh, like a display, motorbike display team, right? Except they're not riding motorbikes, they're riding squids and or crabs. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, there was there was famously that was it the Red Devils that crab display team of of men in red overalls with white helmets who formed pyramids on crabs that scuttled around, uh, and then they would ride crabs over jumps through flaming hoops and over each other and do formation crab riding. But um, why did they why did they go out of business that display team? was brilliant. I remember them in my youth just doing all these amazing tricks on crabs. Crab flips, <laughs> you know, crab wheelies, crab it was bunny when hops. The, um, it was when the crabs revolted, I think. Right. That's when it all yeah. went out of fashion. Yeah. When the crabs took over. Do you remember? Right at the beginning of the crab era. Yeah, yeah. Before, which... I mean, this is, you've got to remember this is before the, uh, the crab overlords ruled our every way. Right. God, it's hard to imagine that. That. It is hard to imagine these days, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before everything was really based on the provision of carrion to whatever your <laughs> local boss crab is, you know? Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What you don't want to do is end up being the carrion. That's that's the main thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the number one driving force in everyone's life, isn't it? To avoid yeah, yeah. Becoming, to, to shovel enough carrion towards the crabs that that you escape from having to be the, the carrier yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Or being, you know, cast into the water where the squids lurk. <laughs> yes. The deadly Humboldt squids. Yeah, since the crabs came on land to take over the dry landy domains, then they uh, they gifted the sea to the squid. That was where we went yeah. wrong really, wasn't it? When they formed an unholy pact. Because <laughs> as long as they were fighting each other, which was until I think about about two thousand and six, yeah, like then everything else was fine because they were so busy with their own internal. Yeah, squabbles. we had we had dominion of the land, and the um the crabs and the the squids fought out the sea amongst themselves. But yeah, now, yes, yeah. of course, now we have dominion over nothing other than the uh, you know. Uh, our own fleshy bodies. Collection. <laughs> well, not even that, really. Right? No, it's true. If a, if a crab wants to burrow into your fleshy body, you've just got to say yes. You don't 
own your fleshy body anymore. You're merely the custodian of it. Yeah, you're uh, basically renting point, it off the crabs. At some point, it will be returned to the crabs. Yeah, yeah. Unless you unless you go in the water, in which case the squids will get it. But that's not allowed. No, I mean, some people well try and escape the land and they just meet a squiddy end as soon as they as soon as they enter the wet domain, right? Yeah, I think if anything it's even worse. What being squidded? Being torn apart by a Humboldt squid. At least at least with the um the crab hegemony you, you get to, you know, live a good decent life of at least 20 years of backbreaking servitude and toil to the crabs shoveling carrion. Yeah. yeah, procuring more carrion. I mean, in the sea, polishing. There lies, there lies no such mercy in the sea. No, it's true. They don't even have carapaces to polish. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your What's your favourite folklore tale? My favourite folklore tale. Hmm. Oh, I mean, I, I don't really know. There's, um, I mean, yeah. There's just quite a lot. So, I mean, it's interesting what you were saying about the, the old grim stories i mean we've talked about this before haven't we the like there's a reason that so okay there's a reason that people used to tell scary stories to children and we don't do it anymore and that's become a societal norm that scary stories aren't suitable for young kids but that's a really new thing and like up until quite recently most of the stories we used to tell children were scary in some way. And I think mm. some of that is what you were talking about earlier in that actually you did need to scare kids into not going into the woods. There's probably an equivalent of that, which I'm not sure if we talked about this before, like the horrifying safety films they used to give us in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. the 80s. Um, but, um, the Spirit of Dark Water Yeah, was a favourite. Yeah. But actually, kids enjoyed scary stories. And you still see it a bit. There are, you know, Neil Gaiman did some fun scary kid stories, which have made it into films. And, you know, there is still this kind of scariness, but it's relatively, it's relatively benign. It doesn't have the sheer brutality of the old ones. Um, yeah. And like, I think we're just hardwired to enjoy these horrible stories, right? Um I think it's just something in us. There's probably an evolutionary reason for that. Probably so that we don't all just collapse into some kind of psychological breakdown when confronted well, with, the, I mean, with the horror of the crab. Um, I mean, you're, you're right? getting into evolutionary psychology now, which is famously just a load of rampant, unscientific speculation. <laughs> I mean, we'd never do that. I'd, I'm, yeah. I'm frankly offended <laughs> that you're... You're accusing me of rampant, unscientific speculation. Everything I say is, <laughs> is definitely science and definitely factual. Oh, is it? Oh, is that what we're doing? Oh, no. Oh, well, I've just been saying... Of... You've just been saying any old saying nonsense, any that, old nonsense that pops into my head. Yeah, sorry. Oh, gosh. While we're doing science, we're I'm going to... We're on episode six. Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> so this has reminded me of something I wanted to, 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 to mention. Like a couple of episodes ago... I mentioned that I once had a letter published in the New Scientist. Oh, you um, did, yeah, yeah. Uh, regarding hazardicity and um, like an SI unit for hazard. And as I did warn at the time, I got the story horribly wrong because it was many years ago. Um, but I since came across the letter, and um, 
it's actually better than the story I told about it. So I was wondering maybe if I just read it out so I can clarify what the SI unit of Hazard Curtains thing was all about. Would that be okay with you? Yeah, I might just um, go and watch some telly while you're doing it. Yeah, okay. What but, were you yeah, watching? Uh, probably... Blockbusters. Neighbours. <sighs> Home and Away. Howard's Way. Jack Homes and Ori. Under the Hammer. Homes Under the Hammer. That's a weird Homes, show, Homes isn't it? Where in they the just... sun, Under the Hammer. Wow. <laughs> where they just get... They get people's homes and they just smash them with this smash massive with hammer, enormous hammer, yeah. And the, yeah, like, they the, the family, it, they attach it to a huge, like a huge crane. Yeah, and they just swing the hammer and it smashes yeah, it. The hammer's up and like down. gold and gleaming, and the family are there going, "No, my beautiful home, <laughs> my home. Then, oh, yeah, yeah. Why are you doing this?" They go, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah." I mean, Jesus, it kind of amazes me that advertisers want to be associated with that, but. I guess I think, it goes oh, back it's, to the circus. It's a rating smash, isn't it? Yeah, it's a literal it's a smash and hit. house smash. Literal yeah. smash, literal hit. Anyway, yes, you could feel free to read out your your letter to New Zealanders. When was this? When when did you send it? Years ago, God knows when. Absolutely years ago. But it came about. Yeah, uh, but it came about because people were talking about nano hazardicity, and that was meant to, for context meant to refer to the hazards of nanotechnology. But I saw the word nanohazardicity, and, and, and here is my letter. I wrote to the esteemed scientific journal New Scientist. I'm somewhat perturbed by this whole nanohazard malarkey. There does not appear to be an SI unit of hazard. And so the precise amount of hazard constituted by a nanohazard is as yet undefined. A quick look at the reports available from the Royal Society for the Prevention of Accidents and then there's a link, informs us that in 2002, so this must have been in 2003, I guess, 4,080 accidents were caused in the home by a curtain. That would seem to present a good candidate for an SI unit. Many people are exposed to a curtain on a regular basis, and 4,080 accidents annually constitutes a significant level of hazard. I therefore propose the curtain as the SI unit of measurement for hazard. Interestingly, a very quick scan through the statistics reveals that an airbed or lilo constitutes a hazard of almost exactly one centicurtain. Are you with me so far? Hmm. The data set is large enough only to measure hazards down to five millicurtains, which is the hazardicity of an artist's brush. If we had a study of a billion people and found precisely one instance of a particular home injury in one year, then we would have found a one nanocurtain hazard. We could then finally place a nanohazard warning sign upon the item to alert the populace to its level of hazard. I implore the government to commission such a study as a matter of urgency. There you go. People batting around the idea of a nanohazard without specifying okay, uh, what a nanohazard actually is. I have, I have two, uh, two comments about that. One, yes. did the government uh, commission a study into this? Yes, as you urgently? well know, Dave, it's now deeply enshrined in law. Two, I have yes. issues with your scientific rigour here, as I really? often do. Um, your your assertion at the end that if you could find a data set of a billion yes. hazards yes and and a, and a single cause of of just exactly one hazard that would yeah. somehow be enough data to christen it as a nano hazard I think a single event in a data set of one billion is not significant enough to be used for any kind of standard index. Well, that, Dave, no, that, is why... That, that's not, 
that's not your, enough data. Well, that Dave, that that kind of wild accusation is why I'm a real science man and you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a I'm a real and genuine science man, and, and, and you're just a rank amateur. Yeah, I am. Yes, yes. Yeah. In fact, I don't even tell people I'm a science man. That's that's how like unscience manny I am. It's interesting. I was, about, I was about to accuse you of being a snake oil salesman, and then I realised I don't I've really never understand sold any what snake the... oil. No, but also I don't understand why people use that as some kind of insult. Like, I mean, getting oil out of snakes is <laughs> awesome, right? I'd love to have some snake oil. What would you do if you had a yeah. load of snake oil? Add all of my snakes. Yeah, definitely. That's the problem with snakes, isn't it? Is they're a bit dry. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have a snake man in your school? I had a snake man. What, a man who was like half man, half snake? Yeah, we had like um, a bunch of teachers uh, and then the snake man. Right. Which half (laughs) was the snake and which half was the man? Left. Oh, gosh. Wow. He must have had trouble getting around. Oh, yeah. He used to (laughs) ride around in the the corner of the cafeteria all day. In circles. Screaming (laughs) screaming and begging begging for help. Yeah, while we ate our lunch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what did you do? Just kind of prod him and laugh? Yeah, I would give him a little kick on the way out. What know. was his... Why was he employed by the school? He wasn't employed. He was just there. Oh! He wandered in one day. Right. He got in, I think he got in through the, uh, through the air conditioning system. Right, and they, they Flop, let him stay there. Flopped out of a grate one day. Well, I mean, it's not that... Didn't necessarily let him stay there. It's just that he was quite, quite venomous from his <laughs> one fang. Yeah, fair enough. Mm. I, was, I thought maybe he was... You know, in some way educational, but I guess it doesn't need to be educational, does he? It just needs to be venomous enough that it's not worth getting rid of him. Yeah. I mean, it was educational. We learned all about, you know, how to treat half-snake, half-human hybrids twisting and writhing in the corner of the school. What did you learn about how to treat them? We learned that you have to kick them on the bottom half, not the top half, because you might get impaled by the venomous bang. Oh, I see. Yeah. No, that makes So that sense. was educational, right? Yeah. If I ever come across... Such a benighted soul ever again. I'll know exactly where to, put where to the kick in. him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good for you. I mean, I'd, I'm guessing that was pre 2006 because he would have been easy prey for the crabs, right? Yeah. Once, the, once they emerged from the salty depths. I, you know, I haven't gone back and checked on him, but probably, probably he's carrying now. You're right. Yeah. But he's probably crab now, isn't he? He's probably been absorbed into the um, ever increasing mass of crab. That's gradually <laughs> filling the globe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The southern Hemisphere is mostly crab now, isn't it? Yeah. All other biomass is slowly, slowly being replaced by crab. Eventually, mm. this will become a crab world. Crab world? It'll be mainly water, so mainly squids. I mean, I think that's the kind of, that's the other side of the deal, isn't it? Because it sounds, because we're creatures of the land, it feels like the crabs have got the good side of the crab-squid bargain. Because, you know, we don't really have to worry about the squids unless we're exposed to any kind of water, you know, like if mm. it rains or, you know, and they can... But it won't, it won't ever rain as long as we still, have, we still have the network of popes. Yeah, that's right. Um, shouting at the sky. It'll never rain. But even when the land has become crab world, obviously Earth will still be mainly sea. So really, it'll be squid world. It's just that, you know, we don't really think about the sea, do we? No, no human can ever venture into its into its realm again. Well, we we 
we can't think about the sea, can we? Because the crabs forbid it's, it. It's literally forbidden to consider mm. the sea. Yeah, and it's and it's it's tentacly minions. M- minions? What's the word for things that live in a thing? Residents will do. <laughs> Den- denizens. Denizens. That's the one. Yeah, the dirty denizens. He was in EastEnders, wasn't he? Hmm. Yeah. So, do you have anything else to say about folklore? Uh, I think um, on, uh, uh, you know, overall, it's probably a thumbs up from me. Right. <laughs> okay, good. Good. Yeah. I mean, maybe, mm. actually, do you know what? Maybe that should be a format thing. Because it strikes me that although we've discussed in depth various subjects so far in this podcast, yeah, what's missing probably is a verdict. Like we probably need a, you're a, right. a scientific yeah. and legally binding verdict on whether it's thumbs up or thumbs down. Oh yeah, you're thing. right. Okay, we should we should um, we should sum up the previous five as well. You know, because we didn't do them at the time. Okay. So, do you want me? Shall I? Shall I say each each um? And I'll give the verdict. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dogs. Thumbs up. Cats. Thumbs up. The sea. Thumbs down. Full of squid. Space. Thumbs down. Oh, really? Yeah. You surprised me there. Yeah, but there's the the crabs don't venture there. So it's another forbidden right. realm. Oh, I suppose you're right. Yeah. Until they until yeah, they until they've they've conquered that domain, it's a forbidden realm. You're yeah. right. You are entirely right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh colour. Definitely thumbs down. Hmm. Folklore? Uh it's a thumbs up. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. Right. Okay. Good. Yeah. Glad we've got that cleared up. My my opinion would be dogs thumbs up, cats thumbs down. Oh my god! Uh, the sea, thumbs down. It's monstrous. Yeah. Uh, space thumbs up. Uh, one day we might escape this miserable rock. That'd be great. <gasps> oh, there is a crab nebula. Uh, we could go there. Oh, there is a crab nebula. Right. Yeah, a nebula made entirely of crabs. Uh, color, no thanks. Yeah. Don't need it. No, it's fine. Just brown. And folklore, thumbs down. It's awful. Okay. Just awful. Well, I'm glad that we've, um, I, you know, I, I feel like it's probably a good thing that, that we've left some kind of, what's the, what's the word? We've, we've left some ambiguity mm. to, uh, there's room for manoeuvre on some of these subjects. Yeah, we don't agree about all of them, do we? So that's fine. No, it's right. I mean, I, I, yeah. well, I hadn't really thought about the Crab Nebula, but you're right, there's the whole constellation of cancer there is which is a giant space crab i mean actually maybe i need to rethink this there's a horse head nebula as well which presumably is millions of millions of stars filled with horses All heads. made entirely of horses heads yeah. what happened to the rest of the horses uh they're in the horses torso nebula uh no i think i think we've disproved that conjecture now i think they're all in the crab nebula aren't they <laughs> Oh right! Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Actually, that it used makes to a lot just be sense, the it? it just used to be the horse, the horse nebula. nebula. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then the crabs got hold of it. The crab now... nebula drifted a bit too close. <laughs> just kind of the back end of it. <laughs> yeah, didn't get all the way to the front end. No, no. But yeah. Well, I'm glad we've cleared up that as well. I mean, we should have really have covered that in the space episode, but it's okay to revisit. I know. Other I'm surprised. Topics. I'm surprised that we missed something in the space episode. Like, yeah. well, I thought we covered it pretty fully. I mean, space is quite a limited missed... subject, isn't it? You'd have thought we could yeah, yeah, tie it yeah. all up quite nicely, but, you know, 
Uh, fair enough. But I think I think I think today we've really really discussed folklore very very thoroughly, haven't we? We must I, have mentioned it at least three times. I don't think there's any gaps in our discussion today. I don't think there'll be any need no. to revisit this for anyone. I think all academic analysis and just even casual discussion of folklore is now redundant and should be stopped and should never be mentioned again by anyone. By force if necessary. Yeah. Yes, by by um force of pinter. Oh, and mandibles. Yeah. Mouth parts. What do crabs have? Mouth parts, right? <laughs> Everything's got mouth parts. <laughs> it's, no. It's, it's, not it's everything. A, no? Okay. What hasn't got a mouth parts? A chair. Okay, I'm going to rephrase my question. What living <laughs> thing doesn't have a mouth parts? A tree. Yeah, okay. I'm going to rephrase my question. What animal doesn't have a mouth parts? A headless horse. Okay, you win. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so is that us then? Are we uh, are we wrapping this up? Oh, I think so. I haven't been looking at the time, so I have no idea. Um, but what I will say is one task remains, Dave, which is to work out what our discussion will be next time. It does, doesn't it? That is an important task, yeah. It is an important yeah. task. What about mathematics? Yeah, perfect. Let's discuss mathematics. I'm an expert on mathematics. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I know nearly all the numbers. Yeah, I don't even just know the numbers. I know um, some of the little signs you use and everything. Ask me a number. Say a number and ask me if I know what it is. Yeah, okay. Uh, 17. Do you know what that is? No, I don't know that one. (laughs) I win. There you go. (laughs) Damn it. Yeah. Okay. I am pretty advanced. I'll have to read up before. Yeah, don't feel bad about it, Dave. I I, I am pretty advanced. (laughs) Well, it's been a lovely, lovely chat today. It has been, and I'm, you know, wise as ever. Um, so I think all that remains is to pledge allegiance to the Krabby Overlords and obviously the coming Silicon God who will free us all. And, of course. Um, yeah, of course. and see you next time. Bye! Bye, Joel, bye! <laughs>